bothers me is that the deputy director, the media team supervisor at that point in time, and myself, we had privy information that these vaccines could injure and kill people, but they were denying 40 million Californians from having that same information. They could make this make decisions based upon that, what I shared, but it's objectionable that they deprived 40 million Californians or were, were impediment for 40 million Californians learning that same information. That's now, great. most of anybody could go to the White House YouTube channel and find that out themselves. But it's, 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 it's our job to let the people know, do you want to take the vaccines? Fine, but there are risks. Just like when you see a big pharma ad on TV, and they talk about the the the, um, um, the ad. They always talk about, but if you take this, this could happen, that could happen, this could happen, that could happen. That's all I wanted my employer to do. That well, that's what your job was, right? But this wasn't yeah. just based on Becerra's comments, which were disturbing enough. It was based on the VARS data and, and the VARS data and the I don't even know how you pronounce it VARS or VARS. I've heard it both ways. Doesn't matter, I guess and the studies and things that you were seeing. So this wasn't just your personal opinion. You were seeing facts and you were bringing it to their attention. Many of you remember Dr. Zelenko, the courageous doctor who saved countless lives using hydroxychloroquine during the pandemic. Dr. Z not only saved lives in the United States, but many countries adopted his protocols and he saved even more lives around the world. Since those early days, him and his team at ZStack developed an entire line of immunity building supplements from Z Detox to Z Shield to Z Night. Now they also have Kids ZStack. It's the same as the adult ZStack, but formulated to protect kids from the onslaught they will see this cold and flu season. What many don't know about Dr. Z was his passion to end child trafficking. Before he passed away, he partnered with Mission Safe Harbor and now a portion of every sale of Kids Z-Stack is donated to help end child trafficking. Now you can protect your kids while also helping to protect kids everywhere. Buy using the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. Know you are protecting your entire family while also helping to end child trafficking. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Ronald Owens coming to the program. He's become a friend of mine over the years. We've been talking on and off for years. And then during COVID, I he confided in me and some stuff. And, and then he eventually wrote a book. He was a public information officer for the Department of Health for the state of California, which is under human health and human services. And his inside story, his whistleblowing on what happened during COVID, how he was trying to tell his supervisors and management about, you know, the director of the organization about the what he was seeing in studies, what the VAERS data was saying, what Javier Becerra said about how vaccines are killing Blacks, people of color, Indigenous people at twice the rate of white people. He said that, and there's a video of him saying that. And and he asked about that. He asked about that. He asked about it, it, ivermectin. He asked about all these things internally. And then 
And he was just bringing information forward very respectfully. And then he was reprimanded and the consequences that happened to him. You're going to hear his whole story. This is important. More whistleblowers like him need to be coming out and saying what happened internally to these government public health organizations, these institutions, because it makes no sense. And this helps to make sense of it. I'm going to play his whole trailer for it. He has a trailer for his book. I'm going to play that. You'll also hear Javier Becerra's quote or statement in that trailer. My name is Ronald F. Owens, Jr. I've worked at the California Department of Public Health as an information officer, too, since March 2nd, 2009. I have retired from the California Department of Public Health after more than 29 years of state civil service. I wrote a book titled Muzzled Truth. This book is about my experiences at the California Department of Public Health before and during COVID-19 pandemic. In Muzzled Truth, you will learn that CDPH leadership deprived more than 38 million Californians from learning that properly dosed ivermectin can cure COVID. In Muzzled Truth, you will also learn that more than 38 million Californians were deprived from knowing that COVID-19 vaccines can pose a risk. I informed my management what Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra said on April 14, 2022. By the way, we know that vaccines are killing people of color, Blacks, Latinos, uh, Indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. To this day, that particular Becerra quote is still on the White House's YouTube channel for anyone to see and hear. To order Muzzle Truth, go to muzzletruth.com. There you will learn how to purchase the book in paperback, in ebook, as well as in audiobook. And there will also be other information about my story working at the California Department of Public Health for almost 15 years. Go to muzzletruth.com so we can all unmuzzle the truth. Thank you very much. Okay, so before I get into that, I want to remind you about Marjorie's free seminar on how to grow your own food. She says that you can be old, you can live in an apartment, you can have no land, you can have all these things, you have no money, and she can still teach you how to grow your own food, something that we need to rely on. We need our own food because you just don't know what's going to happen with the supply chains, plus the food that you grow yourself 
is so much better for you. And so that's what she's going to teach you about. She has 36 experts. The whole seminar is free and you can watch it and go to sarahsbackyardfarm.com. I have the link below and I highly recommend so, spring is coming up. You want to get ready so that you can build your gardens and then learn how to do it all year round. Okay. sarahsbackyardfarm.com. Okay. We're going to get into this really important interview with Ronald Owens. Hi, Ron. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. This has been in the works for a few years, so I'm really glad that you're here. We've been talking for a long time about this, and it's been a, a work of passion for you, um, and you've gone through a lot. So I'm, I, I know people are going to appreciate this interview. Can you talk about what your role was at the Department of Health was it Health and Human Services for the California State? It's the California Department of Public Health. The California Health and Human Services Agency is the umbrella um, entity that not only uh, is over the California Department of Public Health, but other agencies. But yes, I've been at the California Department of Public Health since March second. 2009. I recently retired December 31st, 2023. So more than fifth, more than 14, almost 15 years, I was working as an information officer too at the Office of Public Affairs. Now it's called the Office of Communications. And what was your role? It was to communicate with the public and what? Basically, Reporters yeah. that would have questions about Center for Environmental Health or sexually transmitted diseases or sexually transmitted infections or or COVID or COVID, um, they would send questions or call us, me and my colleagues, for responses. Now, when COVID started, they had several public information officers who were assigned to respond to COVID. Um, myself and another colleague, we would respond to non-COVID media inquiries. So essentially we would get questions from the media. Sometimes we get interview requests. We would prepare talking points. We would prep our subject matter experts to be interviewed on the radio or on TV. Um, so that's the work of a public information officer in government. Um, they do other stuff as well, but principally my job was to, to field questions from the reporters about all things public health. Okay, and, and this is where it really gets interesting is during COVID, you were raising concerns about what you saw from the secretary and Becerra and also what you saw in VARS and other you know, unpublished studies or censored studies, you were raising concerns and that's when your life got different. Can you talk a little bit about? Yes, this yeah. is the information that it really has weighed on me emotionally. On April 14th, 2022, there was a virtual summit that the White House held on its official White House's YouTube channel. And during that discussion, 
more than 45 minutes. I should try to find the exact indication. I will play it here. I'll play that here for okay. people so they'll, they can hear it. All right, themselves. but basically, Becerra said, vaccines a year ago today, by the way, and I'm reading his quote, we know that vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. When I first saw that, I'm thinking, say what? So I had to replay it over and over and over again because I just couldn't believe that the Department of Health and Human Services Secretary actually said this. This is a high-ranking Biden cabinet official. So I just thought I need to let my bosses know this. And I have previously heard about theirs, the vaccine adverse event reporting system and the numbers of vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine injuries and the number of COVID-19 vaccine deaths. And so I shared what Becerra said. I backed it up with the VAERS data, which is on the CDC website, which is one of the departments that the Department of Health and Human Services oversees. And I emailed that to my boss. I don't remember the 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 the, the specific date, but three or four days after the Becerra quote. And I emailed it to the deputy director. And her curt response was, "Thanks, Ron." In that email, I said, "You know, this is what Becerra said. This is the data supporting what he said. And also, I think that it would be." appropriate, <laughs> I'm being very tepid using that word, to alert the directorate, to apprise the California Health and Human Services Agency officials, and ultimately give a heads up to to the governor. One of the things uh, 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 we public information officers do is to let our superiors know when there's a potential issue that needs to be looked at. And I was doing my job. After that particular email, that was that. There's nothing more said. So six months later, and between April and October, I kept looking at various data. I kept hearing about people who were dying subtly or being injured. A lot of these incidents were on basically reporters like you reporters who have been censored reporters have been shunned silenced but for those of us who ignore the mainstream media we knew what was actually going on so in october of 2022 i gave an update a six-month update i sent that reporter uh, well who did you give the update to, to? I sent an uh, update to the um, um, deputy director. Okay. And um, she never responded to this day, by the way, but she had my, uh, my media team supervisor respond. And basically he said, hey, look, we know that 
you have your views. They're contrary to the department's views. They sent me information to inform myself what the department's position on, on COVID-19 vaccines. And by the way, we're concerned that you're using state time and resources to do your personal research. So it was actually a veiled threat. And at that isn't, point, I'm thinking, you your... know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, well, I want you to say what you were thinking. I was going to say, isn't that your role? to be? That looking? is my role as an information officer. Okay. It's to do research. It's so that you can properly warn your and, supervisors and the public, right? Exactly, exactly. And so when so what were they you thinking? Made, you you were going to say what you were thinking? Yeah, basically they made it personal. They are the ones that made it personal because you were bringing facts that you were seeing, and it wasn't about you. It was about what the heck is really going on here, and we need to be honest. And if this information's out here, we need to at least look at it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And what, what bothers me is that the deputy director, the media team supervisor at that point in time, and myself, we had privy information that these vaccines could injure and kill people, but they were denying 40 million Californians from having that same information. They could make this make decisions based upon that, what I shared, but it's objectionable that they deprived 40 million Californians or were, were impediment for 40 million Californians learning that same information. That's now, great. most of anybody could go to the White House YouTube channel and find that out themselves. But it's, 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 it's our job to let the people know, if you want to take the vaccines, fine but there are risks just like when you see a big pharma ad on tv and they talk about the the the, um um, the ad they always talk about but if you take this this could happen that could happen this could happen that could happen that's all i wanted my employer to do that well that's what your job was right but this wasn't just based on becerra's comments which were disturbing enough it was based on the vars data and the vars data and the I don't even know how you pronounce it, VARS or VARS. I've heard it both ways. doesn't matter, I guess. And the studies and things that you were seeing. So this wasn't just your personal opinion. You were seeing facts and you were bringing it to their attention. What did they say about the VARS data? Well, they didn't specifically address the VARS data. Now, everything came to a climax in August, this past August, we received a media request. I don't specifically remember the question, but the subject of VAERS came up. And the and, and the consensus amongst my colleagues, it was a virtual meeting, 10 to 12 of us on that call, including the deputy director and the assistant deputy director, as well as the media team supervisor and another analyst. So basically... I just had to say something, Sarah. When I get emotional, I get tongue-tied. I used to stutter. I had a speech impediment up until my late 20s, actually. And I was beginning to feel the weight of what I knew, what I observed, observed. People dying suddenly, people dying unexpectedly. 
I suspect that my sister-in-law's mother, who took the Myrna vaccine in March, her health deteriorated and she was in and out of the hospital. They talked about admitting her to a skilled nursing facility. My brother and sister-in-law said, no, we're going to make room for her. And so they made room and they took care of her. She took the vaccine, Sarah, in March, and she died on July 4th of 2021. And her sickness. We don't know whether her death was vaccine related, but she was in great health before until she took the vaccine. And didn't her health deteriorate really quickly after the vaccine? It deteriorated really quickly. She was self-sufficient, and then she became dependent on my brother and my sister-in-law. So back to what happened in August of 2023, I finally said something. I tried to tell my colleagues what Becerra said, and my boss she shut me down. She tried to, she interrupted me and that made the whole situation more tense. She directed the media team supervisor to cut the call and that's what happened. So they wrote me up once after that and then they wrote me up again. And quite frankly, what is a piece of paper, virtual paper, really going to do? Put it into my personnel file. Do you think I'm going to be intimidated? by doing the right thing. When my mother, for example, I come from really good stock, my father, my mom, my mom, she used to tell us when she was in the Air Force at Lackland Air Force Base during the early 50s, three or four years before Rosa Park, she sat in the front of the bus, riding to San Antonio downtown and back. She could have been Rosa Parks. Yeah, (laughs) before Rosa Parks. So that's Mm -hmm. the kind of, of, of a mom and my dad, they always told us to stand up for right. And so that's Absolutely. what I did. There are so many supplements out there. It's confusing what's best for optimizing your health. Beyond getting your basic nutrition, if there's one vital ingredient for optimal health, it's carbon 60. Why? Because carbon 60 is the world's most effective supplement at reducing inflammation and increasing longevity. Inflammation is a major contributing factor of almost all disease, including Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, heart disease, obesity, and COVID vaccine injury. If you are serious about your health, try Carbon 60. Be careful though, not all Carbon 60 supplements are equal. I recommend Carbon 60 by Live Longer Labs, the scientists who first brought you Carbon 60 that was suitable for human consumption. They were also first to bring you Carbon 60 in pill form, first to incorporate black seed oil and curcumin, and first to incorporate frequency technology that gives you full spectrum health. You can be confident that you will be buying the absolute best. Buy or learn more with the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. You suffered for that. I mean, we all suffered so much under COVID, but you in your job, they tried to reprimand you or they did formally. Can you talk about that? Well, they did reprimand me. um, And basically it was one of those didactic kind of counseling memorandums where I should need to be kind, keep my personal opinions to my, or personal beliefs to myself. Um, just basically be a good employee and, and we're going to put this in your personal file. 
and um, you can have it removed with the request, but between that point and, and it's in a year, you got to make sure that you behave yourself. Didn't At you that point, Sarah, I okay. was disgusted, disgusted. Uh, I have experienced a, 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 a wide myriad of feelings of, of, of shock when I first saw the Becerra quote, of, of, of anger, of being ignored, of depression, of sorrow. And at that point, I was just plain disgusted. I said, I need to get out of here. And you wrote your book. I can't have you... my name associated with this this department anymore. That's uh... That's courageous. Now, you had somebody in the department who you spoke to who told you that you could file a complaint just by how they treated you, discriminatory. Yeah, even my meeting team supervisor, he said that he acknowledged that I um, was working in a hostile work environment. Again, they tried to make it personal. It's not about the messenger. It's about the message. This has nothing to do with me. This is not my personal belief, my personal opinion. This is about saving lives. Well, and, and, and again, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I, I, I elevated this, the whole issue to the assistant director at the California Department of Public Health, and I cc'd my deputy director, assistant deputy director, as well as my media team supervisor. My dad was in the Air Force. I believe in chain of command. Sarah, I I was tempted and I had the power to do so. I could have sent all these correspondence that I sent up, up the chain of command and I could have sent it to the directorate, to all the deputy directors, to all the assistant deputy directors, or even throughout the department. But that would have been wrong, even though my alarm about what these vaccines are doing could have necessitated me doing so, but they would have focused on that rather than the message. So I... I, I sent up emails up the chain of command and the, the most senior person was the assistant director and she commiserated with the loss of my loved one. She encouraged me to work with my management team. She said that I was not qualified to offer any technical or scientific advice. And then she says, by the way, I did listen to that Javier Becerra quote. He misspoke. He He's talking about COVID-19, not the COVID-19 vaccines. And Sarah, for a split second there, I I read that and I'm thinking, maybe I misheard. I says, no, no, no. They're trying to gaslight me. I did not mishear and Sarah did not misspeak. Well, and you came to that conclusion after doing some more research and realizing that they knew the vaccine was killing people in the White House before Becerra said that comment. So he was yes. likely saying what they already knew. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to replay this by memory. Okay, so Naomi Wolf, I think she was interviewed by Stephen Bannon mm-hmm. on a program, which I believe was aired in either. August or last September, but there was 
there was a um, um, someone, a reporter filed a Freedom of Information Act request with, I believe it was the CDC, asking for some information, and they got far more than what they asked. So it sounds like that someone from the inside was trying to give more information. There's always somebody good in there that you can stumble exactly. across. Yep. So in that information, they learned that on May 25th, 2021, let me think this through now. This is 24, right? <laughs> I know. I think times are flying. 23. 21 22. was when we were in the thick of it. Uh-huh. That might have been 2021, May 25th. Right. They There were some emails involving Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, Dr. Rochelle Walensky at the CDC, and some other folks. And they knew on May 25th, 2021, that vaccines were killing people. That's why Becerra said what he said that following April. It was because it was very close to when they had that data. So, and even if it wasn't, they, he, it was after they had that data. Right. Yeah. And so you you decided to write a book which has all this inf- information in it. I think it's really important. Whistleblowers like you who are in the inside trying to make a difference, it gives us a good story or a good understanding of what was going on in the inside. And this needs to be flushed out. I mean, this is really important for our country. You wrote a book and you also had your forward written by somebody who is high up in the agency. Can you talk yes. about it? Talk about Let who me, wrote, yeah. Yeah, the book is called Muzzled Truth. It took such mentation to develop that title. It probably took just as much intellectual energy to devise that title than it was to actually write one of the chapters. But anyway, the chapters it, it, flowed it, out probably, right? Because it was just yeah, therapeutic. But I, I tried to make the title short people get the point i had one friend in florida who saw the title and some people are readers i get that and some people learn by listening to podcasts i get that she's one of the people who learn by listening to podcasts she's not a reader she's very intelligent but so, you know we all live we all learn differently yeah, yeah, yeah. but when she saw that title it resonated with her big time i can't remember her response but it was like if it resonated with a person who not inclined to read as a learning method, then yeah, I, I, I nailed it. Well, I also think the, people are so deeply moved by what happened. They, everybody's had somebody in their life die or be injured. Yeah, and we are yeah. all so personally aff- affected. And then we're all watching for the most part being all these people being ignored and they're acting like it never happened. Well, Sarah, you mentioned, and I wanted to revisit that about me suffering. Um, yes, this has had a toll on me. Uh, um, my body seemed to start breaking out with mm-hmm. some sort of skin condition. I had chest pains in August. Um, I was concerned because three or four years before that, I had blood clots in both of my lungs, which, by the way, if I took these vaccines that they would like to mandate to us, it could paralyze me or kill me. Yeah, because you're in that that group of people who are high risk in the first place for the vaccine. Right. 
Yeah. I, I, exactly. I'm, I'm trying to stay healthy but, and walking every day, but I've been diagnosed with deep vein thrombosis and the, and the blood clots in both my lungs. If I didn't go into the hospital in February of 2019, because I was just thinking about taking some pills, thought I just pulled myself or slept weird. I, I, if I had went to work, I probably would not be here. I'm representative of a demographic, a medical demographic of people who, if they take the vaccine, it could take them out. So you mean to tell me that I am forced to take something that could kill me, and if I don't, I'm barred from participating in society? That Come isn't on. that crazy. I know. And from your experience in public health, you've never seen anything like this. And I read that in your book. But you're the person who did the intro who yes. never saw anything like this. And he was he was really highly said some really good words about you, but he also is a can you tell us who wrote your intro and what his background yeah. was? His name is Peter Baldridge. Um, mm -hmm. How we met was God. Peter and I, we used to see each other when I worked there. I came there in 2009. He was already there. Peter actually wrote the regulations which transitioned the then Department of Health Services to the California Department of Public Health. He was the assistant chief counsel from 2009 to 2014. And he managed all the attorneys, right? That yeah, he was like the, the number two, number three attorney there. And so we used to see each other in the hallway. We'd say, hello, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And that was that. I, he just flipped off my radar screen until a couple months after my mom died. It's probably in August of 2021 because my mom died on June 13th, 2021. I was accidentally forwarded a Public Records Act request from Peter Baldrige. I looked at that name, Peter Baldrige. That name sounds awfully familiar. I didn't know that he had retired in 2014, and this was what, what seven years later. So I googled, so I googled him, and says, "Oh yeah, I used to work here." <laughs> so I reached out to him, and and we reconnected. And if my colleague had not accidentally sent me that Public Records Act request that Peter sent because he his question was how could they determine that these vaccines are safe and effective when the process making them safe and effective he knows the process and that process could not have it was impossible it was impossible yeah, yeah. for them to make that claim period yeah yeah. And so he was bothered by that. Mm -hmm. And so we, we've started connecting, communicating. And um, I just felt like he would be the perfect person to write the forward of my book. Because number one, he was the assistant chief counsel. Number two, he initially believed that COVID-19 was as serious as it was. And he was, he even sat down and he said, Ron, I, <laughs> I made face masks for my family and friends. I know I read but then that. He watched, he observed. And I wish the message that I want to leave people in a is that these vaccines are killing people. 
you just need to be warned that. But B, we need to exercise our critical thinking. Mainstream media tells us one thing. They tell us that people are dying. Some people went to the emergency rooms at hospitals. They didn't see that. Why aren't there so many? We need to ask questions. And that, to me, was missing because of the constant fear. So when you're back fear. to Peter Baldrich. Yeah. And I'm going to ask saw, you, I'm going to ask you some more questions on, on what you experienced inside, but keep going. Okay. So Peter Baldrich, he changed his mind once he saw that things weren't as what we were being told. And I really respect the person who says, okay, I, I believe what's going on, but after observation, after exercising critical thinking, and they course corrected. Peter course corrected. That's right. And that to me do. is courageous. But that's what you do, courage. right? I mean, in the oh. roles that you guys are in, you should be able to get the information and then correct yourself as quickly as possible so you don't march down into doom, right? I mean, it's exactly. like that with business too. You correct as soon as possible, otherwise you're going to go bankrupt. So you do corrections. You know, I'm an entrepreneur and I, you know, I built companies. I taught it at the university. You self-correct as soon as you can because otherwise you're in trouble. And it should yes. be the same way with how they manage this. Well, I try to do a course correct with the subject of ivermectin. I didn't even talk about that aspect. I sent an email responding to a question that was asked of me and the deputy director and the uh, assistant deputy director because they were going to post something on our website that ivermectin is dangerous. And I knew that was not the case at all. And so I conducted some research. I found that Dr. Pierre Corey testified in front of Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson in December of 2020, talking about how many people he cured because of ivermectin. I pulled all that research together and I made a really solid case that properly dosed ivermectin can cure people with COVID. And what did they say? Their response was, again, I'm not a doctor and I'm paraphrasing and I need to stay in my place. You're not a doctor. I get I'm, so I'm irritated. No, I know, but I get so yeah. irritated with that. And it's like, well, maybe that's a good thing because you can read studies. I can see that 40% of the people died in the hospital that sent, and then zero people died in this protocol with Dr. Corey or Dr. N Eric Napude or whatever. They were saving lives in mass. And if you use that protocol, maybe our stats would be better here. I have a science background, but I'm not a doctor, but I sure can read numbers and I can read studies, right? And maybe yeah. doctors need to learn how to read studies and, and read numbers, because I don't think they're trained in that. And if they yeah. were, we'd be in a much better situation. Much better situation. Dr. Pierre Corey is a hero. I have you. seen some of his public comments and I can see in his eyes and feel in his voice, I moved to tears by him wanting to save people's lives. They were sincere. Very sincere. Not all doctors are sincere. There's a few. Yeah. <laughs> but he was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And that particular email that I responded to was sent to the director as well as the assistant director. 
and uh, other high-ranking deputies and assistant deputies. And I felt, Sarah, when I sent that email, I just felt shockwaves went throughout the department. And I don't know why they ignored it, but probably, I don't want to speculate. Well, I think them ignoring the facts, it, criminal, it puts them into a different category. I mean, this this might be some criminal liability by them just ignoring the facts that were out there and it was brought to their attention and they still ignored it. And the White House knew that people were dying and Becerra said it and they ignored it. So mm -hmm. these local officials were ignoring the information that you were trying to bring. Okay, let me ask you, you went through Can all I of this. Go ahead. Hold that question. And what makes me really angry was that members of Congress and their families and their staff members and their staff members' family, according to what Dr. Corey said, were taking properly dosed ivermectin to, to, to cure themselves from COVID-19. Oh, that's But yet they were sad. either bad-mouthing okay. yeah. ivermectin publicly or not saying anything. And that that is enraging, Sarah. That is really it's one thing of taking it. It's another thing of bad mouthing it. That's yeah. really bad. Any politician that did that should lose all of our trust going forward. Yeah. But yes. what do you say after all of your experience? I know you're out now and you're protected. And and so now being a whistleblower and writing your book feels better because you're out. <laughs> they can't get at you anymore. But what do you say to the people who are still in there who were like you who saw something and there could be future situations too where or other you know people dealing with human trafficking or whatever what do you say to people in federal positions or state positions of government who are seeing things that are wrong how should they go forward and deal with it because there's a lot of serious things that are happening and i know there's a lot of people in the system who are not comfortable with it I hope that me coming out would inspire and embolden others. I know there are other people in the department that agree, or I don't know what's on their desk, what's in their e email, incoming email, but there's got to be some people in there, not at CDPH, but also throughout the state of California, people who work in hospital systems, That's right. nurses that have seen things, doctors who have experienced this and so. Um, it's, it's time for we, the people, to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. They and I would only... hope that me coming out would inspire and embolden people to, to, to tell their story. Well, they can only silence you if there's, if it's not, they don't have the numbers. Like if you're just one of thousands, they feel that they can silence you. But if all of us stand up or a lot of us stand up, they can't silence all of us. And then they have no. to start taking it seriously. Well, I, uh, I've been thinking about my role. When I became a state employee, I swore to defend and uphold the constitution, enemies foreign and domestic, and, and as well as the state constitution. When I retired at 1159, 
on December 31st, 2023, my oath did not expire. I still view myself as a public information officer. I think it would be, I could just sit back and I say anything and, and enjoy life, but I feel like, no, I have to keep speaking up. I was muzzled. <laughs> That's it. Why the book is called Muzzled Truth. I was muzzled by my superiors, but I'm going to do everything that I can to inform people about what happened and to encourage our citizens that we need to demand more from our public health officials. They need to be held accountable for That's what they've right. done and what they especially did not do. I come, I used to go to, I, I went to Fuller Theological Seminary back in the day, and so I have a little bit of the, theology inside me, in addition to, of course, being a Christian, but there are two kinds of sin. We all know there's the sin of commission, but there's also the sin of omission. When you have information and you don't share it. You purposely omit and, it. And, and, I, and I did not want to commit the sin of omission by just riding off literally on my can spider, I have a motorcycle, into the sunset, enjoying life, going on rides and not saying anything. No, no. That's, that's, that would be just as wrong as the omission, or the, the omission of information that my superiors could have, should have, provided to 40 million Californians. That's I right. want to make also the point, while I remember, yes, I did suffer, but not to the extent of people who are still suffering. People who have, lives have been changed. I've seen some of the photographs, Sarah. I've heard, I've seen people shaking uncontrollably. I've seen swollen faces. And then the people who are suffering because their loved one died. Young people are dying. So I mean, Women everyone... who, yeah, there's a lot of suffering going on. So what I went through pales in comparison. Well, people to are what still, yeah, to what others. others, people are still suffering, and they're suffering in mass, and they just want to ignore it. And they're in my part of the country. There's, I still hear advertisements to get your booster. Yeah. yeah. I, it, there's a point where it, you know, and so now if we leave all this in place and we don't clean it up, what is, what do you think? What is the fear if we, all these people that implemented something and we do nothing about it? I, I'm, I'm, my concern that they will try again. They'll just keep doing it. They keep doing it. And we, the people, we, the people of the United States. That's the first few words of the preamble of the Constitution. In order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Liberty costs people to stand up, to stand up against the government. I worked for the government. I was paid by the government, but I'm also a taxpayer to the same governmental system. 
So, so it's up to us to 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 stand up peaceably, but firmly. Absolutely. Where can they get your book? Because it's a must read. Yes, it's muzzledtruth.com. And it's something maybe that be, should every single legislator, every single person in Congress, people need to see this of what was going on inside these organizations. Because these organizations were silencing people who were bringing real information. They were trying to say it was just your opinion. So they, they I am, kept, thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, they kept saying this is your personal beliefs this but is why, your personal opinion but meanwhile i read in your book meanwhile if they had if as long as they agreed with the politics they were talking politics all the time yeah it just wasn't yeah. you didn't agree with their politics you were having to listen to personal politics all the time and suddenly they do this to you when they, they're a bunch of hypocrites constant politics all the time but it was the left politics and when you say something that wasn't even based on opinion, it was based on facts, they throw it in your face that you can't have your personal yes. opinions. I mean, at some yeah. point, they got to self-reflect and say, okay, this is so hypocritical that I it should almost be embarrassing. Well, you know, Sarah, I have reflected about all this, and I just have to say, my superiors lied. They've lied to me even presented with information with a man saying, we know these vaccines are killing people of color, blacks, Latinos, indigenous people at about two times the rate of white Americans. I provided data on two separate occasions showing the vaccine injuries and deaths. And they're trying to tell me, no, this is your personal belief. So if they're lying to me, what other lies are being told that's right. From the well, Office and, of Communications. And in and, other areas. In other areas. Because you just don't lie once. Lying is a way of life to some people. But to some of us truth tellers, those of us who were muzzled, you know. Well, lying is a sin. I mean, I truly believe. I mean, it's a sin. And why is it a sin? It's because it hurts others. It does. And, and 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 the lies that my department told how many people were hurt and died because of those lies that's why they muzzled you and they muzzled they don't want this book out there that's another reason people need to get it because they don't want it out there so where can they get it muzzledtruth.com Thank you so much. Thank you yes. so much, Ron. Thank you for the courage. Thank you for being what, what you are. I'm so glad you came on. I know this was needed for you. So very therapeutic. And thank you yes. so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Sarah. Thank you very much. And God bless you and your family. Mm -hmm.